The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The sisters of Lazarus sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard this, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after hearing that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had been in the tomb four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. Jesus was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed him. The Gospel of the Lord. A couple of points to break open in today's Gospel. The first is this great statement that we hear about Jesus weeping. So let me read it again for you. When Jesus came to the tomb, Mary said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her, Jesus was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. Then Jesus began to weep, and the Jews said, See how he loved him. 
In that statement, we again are reminded of just how great is God's love for us. Now, we know that conceptually because we hear other statements in the scriptures like John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But that can be left on a conceptual, abstract basis in our minds. What we hear in today's gospel really penetrates to the heart because we now enter into the real emotions of Jesus who has taken on flesh, our flesh, so that God and man come together and now Jesus really does enter into the frustration and the weeping and the tears. Scholars say that Jesus was not just weeping over his friend Lazarus, but really he sees the whole sweep of history, human history, all the wars, the tragedies, the diseases, the suffering, the cruelty as a result of the fall of Adam and Eve. He's sent by the Father to deal with that and to enter into our darkness and to bring us to light, to resurrection. So that's why we have in the letter to the Hebrews this statement. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way. Jesus has entered into our whole human experience to raise it up. And that's why Jesus says, even now, to all of us here, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for I am meek and humble of heart, and I will give rest for your souls. So during the next couple of weeks, I just invite you to enter into the emotions that Jesus will experience, particularly during Holy Week. Pay attention to the passion and the suffering of Christ and realize that this is the God who so loves us that he came into our darkness and experienced the cruelty, the suffering for our sake so that he and us can enter into this deep relationship of love, intimacy, and he can raise us from our own doubts and despairs and even spiritual death. So that's the first point. The second point comes toward the end of today's gospel, where when Jesus gets to the tomb, he not only raises Lazarus from the dead, but he wants the people to participate in that resurrection because he tells them, you roll away the stone. And that's the beginning. And then he goes on to say, when Lazarus comes out, unbind him and let him go. Now that's an important statement because for us today, we have been raised from the dead. That's what the sacraments are. That's why we are Catholic. Because in baptism, we're raised from the dead, from original sin, the darkness, absence of sanctifying grace into the very light and life of Christ. And then on the altar today, we all come to participate in the resurrected, glorified body of Christ. We take him into us, and we are partaking of his divine nature. We're being raised up again. So because we have experienced this grace, 
we're now called to participate in the resurrection of others, spiritually who may not yet have embraced Christ. And that's called the new evangelization. And it has some very practical effects. Yes, we can pray for others, that they would enter into this life of Christ and come with us into this great sacrifice of the Mass. We can also participate in their life. When we see someone really suffering and in darkness, not just to say, well, I'm certainly glad I, I'm not like that person, rather enter into where they are. So I'll just end this homily with uh, an example of someone who did that. It's a true story. In 1976, life for Lazra Martin greatly changed dramatically. He was 14 years old. He was living on basically the ghetto of New York. He was filled with doubts. He was very poor, illiterate. His parents were constantly addicted to alcohol. He had to work many hours packing groceries to put food on the table for his seven siblings. He was in a cycle of poverty, caught, no way out. His older brother had joined the gangs, and that's where he was headed. Until one day, he bumped into two Canadians who were in New York. They were entrepreneurs. They were seeking some investment opportunities. And the Canadians noticed Ezra Martin as they were on the subway together. And they looked upon him, and he was a miserable sight, not well clothed. But they saw a spark in his eyes. They saw some kind of zeal that he had. And they introduced themselves to him in his state. And a friendship began to gather. And finally, they offered to Ezra to take him to Toronto, where they lived, and pay for his education so he could finish high school and mentor him in the business world. Now, the parents were grateful for this because they knew they couldn't provide a way out of the ghetto. And this was an opportunity for at least one of their children to make something of their lives. So this couple, three persons actually, Canadians, took Lazarus to Toronto, paid for his education. He had to get a tutor first to learn how to read and write, but then when he got into high school, it was discovered that his IQ was actually pretty high. He graduated top of his class, went on to university, and got his degree in anthropology, his master's degree. Today, he's a very accomplished lawyer out in BC, still practicing law, and he's a motivational speaker. But what happened in his life is an example for all of us to celebrate, these Canadians took a risk. And when they brought him to Toronto, taught him how to read, they realized he really had a, an interest in books. And so they took him to use bookstores where their sales were. And one day he bought a paperback for 25 cents called The 16th Round, an autobiography by another person who was in the tomb, Reuben Hurricane Carter. Lesra read this autobiography and he came to his foster parents, the Canadians, and said, well, what are we going to do about this? Because Lazar had experienced now his own resurrection. It turns out that Reuben Hurricane Carter was 29 years old, and he was a contender for the middleweight championship of the world at the height of his career when he was falsely accused of a triple murder as a result of tainted evidence, perjury, and an overzealous prosecutor. He was convicted 
three life sentences in the state penitentiary, he was in the tomb, depressed, put in isolation, and he called his wife and said, you should divorce me, move on with your life, in prison I am dead. And in that darkness, he wrote his autobiography. Well, that's what Lesra Martin read. And having himself been raised from the dead, again, he went to his Canadian foster parents and said, we need to do something. So they suggested, why don't you write a letter to Carter and say how much you enjoyed his book, which he did. And to everyone's surprise, Hurricane Carter responded with a letter. And then another bond of friendship developed between Reuben Hurricane Carter and Lesra and the Canadians. So they all went to visit Carter in prison. And once they visited him, another bond of this friendship really deepened. And the Canadians and Lesra's decided, we're going to take on this case. So they moved their entire residence, rented an apartment right next to the prison, and began this journey. They hired a lawyer. They looked at all of the evidence, went through the transcripts. They continued to visit Carter and bring him hope in prison so he wouldn't despair. At one point, Reuben Hurricane Carter said, hate got me into this prison, love will burst me out. It took five years of hard work, and finally the case was overturned, and Carter was freed, freed from his prison. The point of this story is that Lesra, Martin, Lesra is short form for Lazarus. That's actually his name. And in the Gospel, Lazarus was four days dead in the tomb. No way out, but for the power of God's loving Christ, self-sacrifice and word, come out, Lazarus. So no matter what prison we may be in, the voice of Jesus can call us out of our tomb, back to life, pull us out of our darkness. Jesus hates death and all the ways we have managed to tie ourselves up in darkness. St. Irenaeus said famously, the glory of God is a person fully alive. If you think that you've sunk in some kind of sin or addiction, you've done things so ashamed of, you can't even bring yourself to speak of them, maybe you've fallen out of a relationship with a person or family that you love, the point of this story is, hear the voice of God. He's calling us today. Come out. Put your name in the place of Lazarus and hear the voice of God. Come out of your prison. And then, like Lesra Martin, pay it forward. Be ourselves agents of resurrection and enter into the life of Christ. That's the point of our gospel. We have been resurrected. We're here. We are a community. Now, this community is growing. I see it every time I come here. I love the choir. Thank you. And we're all celebrating the resurrection of Christ. Let's take that joy and bring it out into our relationships. And whoever's in darkness, take the risk, like our Canadian friends, and raise someone up from the dead.